Welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory. Introducing your coaches, Dean Delisle, Kate Hassett, and Jackson Delisle. Hey. Hey, hey. How's it going? Happy Wednesday. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. What's up? Everybody doing? Good. How are you? Good. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Jackson, looks like you're in the Indiana office and Kate and I are holding down the fort here in Chicago. So welcome everybody to the Influence Factory, another episode. Jackson, what episode is this? Do you know offhand? This is number 42. 42. Look at that. Um, so welcome. And uh, Kate, if our uh, if our peeps want to play with us on uh, social media, where do they play? So make sure you're following us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Social Jack. And then we're also on Twitter. Um, our lovely intern, Jen, will be live tweeting this episode. You can follow us at Get Social Jack and also follow the hashtag Influence Factory. Yeah, we love that. We love that. Yeah. We love that. And Jackson, if our peeps want to get us after the show, where do they find this great program at? So you can watch the recording on YouTube. We have all of our past episodes uploaded on there, as well as if you would like to listen to it on the go, you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, and SoundCloud. Wow. That's pretty good. You got that down now, man. I, I still don't. <laughs> All right. Don't forget, people, turn off those distractions. Take some notes. You're going to learn a ton of stuff today in a short period of time. That's always our promise. So we want to make sure we uh, fulfill that promise. Remember, if you have questions, type them into the questions area of the GoToWebinar taskbar. So if you could visit any country in the world, what country would that be? Type that in right now. Kate, where would it be? Any country in the world. Oh, I want to visit every country in the world. <laughs> um, I'm going to Costa Rica for my 30th next year. So I'm going to go ahead and pick that one. The only reason I'm excited to turn 30. So, uh, Jackson, how about you? Ireland. Ireland. I want to taste, taste what Guinness tastes like from <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> I think Guinness is an American beer. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, you can take. But it's no, they they. I'm pretty sure that they. Well, something similar to Guinness. Then I'll I'll drink whatever they got. How about all that? Right, all right. <laughs> what about you, Dean? Oh me. Um. Well, I've got a ton of relatives, and I uh, we almost wound up when I was uh, living in England, which our guest is in England today. Um, when uh, I was living in England, we were on our way to Australia, and we never made it. So I would love to go to Australia and visit some yeah. relatives. And then we have Tracy, who wants to go to Israel. We have Spain in here. We have Germany. We have U.S. for some of the people overseas that want to come back to the U.S. or come to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. And Tim, our guest, chimed in and said Japan. I think that would be super cool, too. That would be cool. And Jackson and I are going to Malaysia and Singapore in January. So we'll see if that is uh how we feel about those areas. It's pretty fascinating from what I see. So anyway, welcome everybody. And remember, social is about being social, not just businessy. So uh, so if, uh, speaking of social, uh, Social Jack, if you log in, you can always get uh, hundreds and hundreds of courses and you can also get tons of content and tools that are updated every single day. So there's always something added, new worksheets, new spreadsheets, new toolkits, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. So anything to build your influence, we are all about that, and we will bring it your way. Super cool. And the most coolest thing is we have discounts. Kate, how we have discounts? Did you say most coolest? I was just going to say. <laughs> are we just going to go over that part? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we do have discounts. As you know, we're putting on events all the time, workshops. We have our Fast Track Social Selling class coming up in December, early bird pricing going on right now. And so when you log into the Academy, you'll be the first one to know about the discount. So check that out. And only the people that can hear my voice and see the screen, if you go to salesjack.net, Yes. And nobody else has this. So you get half price for the early bird. And then you get, if you type in SJ5050, you actually get the entire social selling live course. Uh, and you can attend any from anywhere in the world online for half price. And I think it comes out to like $97 for a $300 course. Wow. Plus 90 days of coaching. So awesome. why not? If you want some more sales and all that good stuff, be there. 
Yeah, and right. if you're if you're not a member of the Social Jack uh, in the Social Jack platform, uh, you will also get access to that as well as a couple other cool things. You'll have to go there to check it out. So. Yeah. Right on. So you'll get full access, full membership access. So make sure you do that. Be there, be square. Jackson, we've got some news today. How about that? What kind of news? Yes, we, we do. What a surprise. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so today our news is about the four ways social media videos can benefit your business. We t- we've been talking about this a lot recently. And uh, basically the point we're trying to get across is you need to be using videos in your social. That's the, that's, it's so big because, and the biggest thing is engagement. So engagement across the board, we always say you need to be starting the conversation because if you're not, then no one's going, like you might get a couple loyal followers that are going to be commenting and engaging with your post. But besides that, you're only going to be, receiving engagement from those people you can't you can't expect to engage with people if you're not starting a conversation yes uh, if you see uh, in this example <clears throat> uh there is they're asking a question you know what marketing goals are you trying to achieve and people are commenting and liking and retweeting it, it, it's it's very important to be you know wh- what are you trying to get from your audience and what is in it for your audience so that that's the biggest thing. <clears throat> uh, the next, you know, number two would be uh, brand awareness. Now it's a very diff, it's a very difficult thing to measure. I mean, measuring brand awareness. Well, I think know? our guest is going to be talking about that today. So yeah, yeah. So this is yeah, it's, and I didn't pick this article for that reason. But, uh, <laughs> but basically, you know, brand awareness very difficult to measure because. It, no, no platform knows who knows about your business. Right. You know, it, it's it's not always through social. Sometimes it's word of mouth. And there's so many things that, you know, go into this. But using video helps people associate you with that brand as well as people associating that brand with you. You know, it goes both ways as well as. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just people knowing about your brand. The more engagement you have, the more people are going to be aware of your brand, aware of you and aware of your connection to that brand. I think that is so big. And a lot of people sometimes forget about that. They forget about that aspect. So uh, the next one. Yeah, hold on. On on this increased web traffic, I was going to ask you about this. So, you know, you build a lot of landing pages. Our team builds a lot of landing pages. And so this web traffic thing is is good. But I'll be interested when we bring Tim on how how he looks at building the brand with a series of landing pages and also the website. Because I think what happens is there's so many options now. And Kate, we always talk about this in our team meeting. There's so many options with video and things. It's like, how do you have a clear plan to build the brand and use all this content. So I think people get lost in that. Absolutely. And I'm just hearing Joe's voice in my head, how he, whenever we're working with a client, he always asks for a video or an elevator pitch to put on the website. And and then, you know, we love to use them in social media. So I think it's really important to increase web traffic, to have some video there, something to do besides just read, you know, the the attention span so small. So small. Yeah, so small. I mean, e- even with this increasing web traffic, you're uh, it, th- this this bit of the article basically talks more about people who are using video uh, and you know boosted video and a- using video in their advertisements on social. But even if you are just posting it, let's say you're putting no advertising money behind it, it's still you want to be driving them somewhere. You want to have a goal like what's in it for them. So you, I mean, driving them to your website at the end of a video is a big deal. That's going to definitely help increase uh, web traffic, whether it's a landing page or your company site. Now, moving on to, you know, the generating excitement and educating people about new products and services. That's, that's another huge thing. You know, I'm just trying to distract Jackson. That's all. Keep going. I know. Jackson. I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking over here. I'm looking at a printer right now. They're just not. But Must he, not make eye contact. But, but generate, yeah, this is what we do. We generate excitement and education. I think everybody should do that. I mean, yeah, come on, definitely. you're thought leaders. Teach something, right? 
Yeah. And I, the biggest thing that you, the biggest point that I would like to make on this is let's say you want to talk about or announce a new product on social, mm. especially Twitter, you only get 280 characters. Now, 280 characters is great to keep things short and sweet, but if you are trying to announce a new product, you can't even go half into you know, the depth that you could if you used a video, if you used a, a raw video in social, you can you know, boost that that amount of characters basically by just talking it. You do a quick little short intro with your uh, 280 characters and then go, you know, watch the video. And here, you know, you can talk for I, what is it now? I think you can do a whole minute without it having to be trimmed, right? Yeah, like, Instagram's the only one that you have to stay under a minute, but like LinkedIn, like their whole video strategy is the longer the better right now. Right, um, yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting. We, yeah, because we went from this whole uh, short content thing to long content thing, and I still think we're seeing some new evidence now on uh, shorter video storytelling mm -hmm. and then leading to the longer video. So there's a whole sequence with click funnels and everything else. Well, so yeah, even even you know with Instagram TV being a thing now, it's right. you know, that's all for longer content. And honestly, they I, I just read something today that they are starting to use that. Uh, you can promote your Instagram TV videos in your story. So now they're even allowing you to put longer videos in your story as opposed to you know what they were before, where you get this short little bit. I mean, you can go over that for sure, but yeah, right on. Right on. And uh, if you uh, want to read more about this, you can check it out on the app.socialjack.com site. It'll be up after the show. So make sure to check that out. Thank you so much for the news, Jackson. And we're going to do a quick poll here. We have a lot of classes coming up. Uh, we want to know what you want to be put on the waiting list for. So please click on the screen now so we can make sure you get on the waiting list. We have influencer development, which a lot of you just took here in Chicago, which was an amazing jam-packed workshop. We oversold it. So uh, we're going to start for the spring workshop. So if you like that one, if you want social selling, <clears throat> uh, jump in on that LinkedIn social selling, social streaming and video monetization. And then, uh, of course, personal professional branding. Uh, everybody's always looking for that. So go ahead and click on the one you want to be put on and that you will be put on. So there you go. Okay. Now, without a doubt. So Kate, uh, we talk about humanizing the brand. And before we bring Tim on, you know, he's going to talk to us about brands and what he's done to help um, brands really get found or seen or take them to that next level. And one of the things I want to remind people is whether you're a small brand or a big brand, please don't forget about the humans, the people that are in the brand. Uh, that is uh, still one of the biggest cases today. It's it's pretty much everything we do with influencer development, especially as it relates to employee advocacy. So we want to make sure that you know the importance of the people. Any comment on that, Kate? No. Uh, yes. I think it's so important right now as we're seeing, um, you know, people just making the push to bring social back into social media. And I think that it goes so well with the video aspect we were just talking about, because yes. I get people that stop me and ask me, you know, why am I seeing so many videos in my LinkedIn feed? And it's because people are finally using LinkedIn the way they're supposed to be using it to right. humanize the brand. Yes, you're a business professional. Yes, you have a network worth monetizing. But at the end of the day, if you're just putting out content and that's it. Nobody's really going to feel that connection with you to want to take the relationship offline and want to work with you further. So I think video is a great way to humanize the brand. But at the end of the day, people want to know who you are before they're doing business with you. So LinkedIn is a great way to be able to use that, make those real connections and make those deals in real life. Yeah, right on, right on. And I always say, don't stop streaming or I'll start screaming. See, I told you I'd do that. <laughs> You were right. talking about rhyming right before we got on. So. That is not a haiku. How, how long were you waiting on that one? <laughs> it just popped in my head. I had to shout it out. Hey, Mike O'Neill, one of our influencers on today. So good to see you on there. Um, all right. So Tim Hyde, lied from Manchester, England. Uh, he played lacrosse for England U19s. He loves to travel. Uh, he loves more feminine drinks within his cocktail. I can't wait to ask him about this. Huge <laughs> Liverpool and New England Patriots fan. And of course, um, he was named as one of Manchester's 30 under 30. So Tim, come on down. How you doing, man? Hey guys, how's it going? There he is. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for joining us on a, on, you could be in a pub right now, but thanks for joining us at, uh, what is it? Six, uh, 6 PM, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, no problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, so it helped clear this up. You heard Jackson say that he would like to go to Ireland. So is Guinness really an Irish beer or is it a Americanized beer? Um, the, the Guinness that you guys probably drink is Americanized, but, um, I have been to Dublin in the past two years and Guinness definitely tastes better in Dublin than anywhere else in the world. So, um, that's probably a sort of in the middle politician's answer where you're both kind of right. <laughs> that's awesome. So what's it, what's it, what's the cocktail? So I've got a, I've got a secret about myself when it comes to this too. So I want to hear about what's the feminine best drink. Uh, so my favorite drink is a caipirinha, which is like a Brazilian cocktail. It's basically just um, cachaça, which is like um, a sort of Brazilian liquor, uh, sugar and lime. It's very, very sweet, very, very strong. But um, I actually have Brazilian family and sort of grow, grew up um, making those for family and, and, and putting a few away myself. Um, and, <laughs> and yeah, um, just never been a huge beer drinker. Got a sweet tooth and uh, and yeah, definitely drink a lot of a lot more cocktails than I should. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> okay. What about you? You do a sugary cocktails or what do you like? No. And that's I what know. I think is so funny. No, I don't drink any sweet drinks. I'm beer and whiskey all the way. <laughs> I don't like, I don't really like anything sweet. I'm a scotch and bourbon drinker, but then there's times when I'm like working in the yard or I'm doing something, especially in the summer, if I'm out by the pool and I just have to have one of those sugary, sweet, something like a margarita or something yeah. like that. And, uh, those always get me in trouble, but, uh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Tim, uh, you, you know, so, um, you, you've achieved a lot of success in a short period of time, but you didn't start right here where you're at right now. So can you give us a little picture of the journey of how you got here and how did you get into branding companies, you know, from where you started? Yeah. So, um, I started off life, always wanted to be a journalist, specifically like a sports journalist, massively into uh, a whole host of, of, of sports, big Patriots fan, love the, love watching the NBA, big Liverpool fan, um, watch like cricket, rugby. Um, so quite like a, a diverse range. Um, and so, yeah, I left school, um, after doing, um, my A-levels, which is like pre-university. So pre-college, um, to do like a, an internship to do my national journalism exams. Um, and whilst I was there, I just got to, to learn what the, the real world was like. I kind of worked um, 100 hours a week for a year for free. Um, and why that was kind of so pivotal to me was the fact that I did quite average in school. Um, but what happened at sort of Mancunian Matters in this internship is I could really see the like the correlation between hard work and success. Um, and the people that were sort of working 120 hours a week unpaid were kind of going like that. And I was kind of only going like that. Um, and when you can sort of see that like in front of you, um, no excuses, that that really kind of impacted my life. And um, I was very fortunate to my first job was at a, a publisher um, called The Lad Bible, um, which grew significantly. So I was the 11th member of staff there. We grew that Facebook page from sort of 1.8 million to 10 million likes in 10 months. Grew wow. the daily yeah, um, grew the daily traffic from sort of one million clicks to five million clicks a day. Um, and we're very much just sort of had great time in and we're at this sort of like hotbed for social media, really understanding and some of the first people to understand how to sort of game the algorithms to really sort of drive traffic and drive acquisition. One of the company's employee of the year at 19 and then moved on to an agency called Social Chain, um, which is now, I think, the biggest social media marketing agency in Europe, was also the 11th member of staff there. Uh, and we grew from 11 to 80 in our first year. Um, super, super fortunate to work for like Apple, Spotify, Nike, Adidas, McDonald's, right. Amazon, Google, um, a lot of the biggest brands in the world, helping them really leverage their social media channels to to sort of drive their business objectives. And I think that's what, what marketing is really about. Um, we did the top nine branded live streams of all time, um, the most of which got sort of 2.4 million comments in two hours. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, never, never thought I'd leave. Those guys um, are still sort of like family, um, very close with that team still. Um, 
And basically, I just got offered a really cool role at an agency called Agency TK. Uh, and they asked me to look after a third of their agency globally when I was 21. Uh, and so I was between Leeds, London and Los Angeles. Um, Los Angeles being the cool part of that one. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I looked after um, SEO, PPC, TV, radio, social media, uh, basically how you like amplify that creative message and, and really drive the acquisition. And for me as a a sort of social media nerd and a, and a marketer at heart, I think where I like to put my time is what's working. Um, I think we're very romantic about wanting an SEO channel or content marketing or LinkedIn or Facebook ads to, to work. I think holistically for, for all brands, you kind of need to really diversify and, and have a kind of omni-channel approach. And do you mean if Snapchat ads are performing better than your Facebook ads, um, that's where you should allocate your budget. Um, and so, yeah, long story short, um, they broke a few promises and just over sort of a year ago, 14, 15 months ago, I decided to start my own kind of mini social media marketing agency, have done a 1.2 mil, 500K, 280K and 60K crowdfunding raise, helped Adidas launch their Predator Boots, um, still get to consult some big brands like UFC. And then finally, um, I know this is a, a long-winded intro, um, I'm also the CMO of a um, tech platform and sort of social media analytics tool called Truefan, which um, allows you to aggregate your most engaged and most influential followers. Um, we've just raised half a million um, Canadian dollars through sort of angels, um, have some amazing brands and investors on board. And there you go. You are up to date with my entire life story. <laughs> You've done like a couple things is what you're trying to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I work hard. Um, but um, I've been very fortunate to be given um, a lot of opportunities. And it's just about how you take that. Not everything works out. But for the most part, I've been been pretty fortunate. Yeah, that's super cool. So, so what, what do you think? Like, um, so when, you know, when you, when you were part of these companies and you started to see the shift, um, what do you think was some of the most important things that, that allowed them to get to that point? So, you know, you had, um, you know, the, uh, the last company that you were, um, uh, part of, which was the one that you mentioned, the, um, uh, yeah, right. So, so what was the thing that took them from when you walked in the door to them just blowing up? What you know? Because I know oh. you said there was a round of funding in there, but like, what what took you know what took them to that level? Oh, so uh, so that that have been social chain. So social chain, yeah, social um, chain, right, yeah. um, really good timing. Um, 2014, social media massively on the rise. Um, the the sort of founding team uh, and the kind of what are now board of directors are, are phenomenal people, um, an extremely talented bunch of people um, with great timing. And then Social Chain had the advantage of we had something like 300 million followers worth of media accounts that they owned. And, and so we obviously wow. ran a lot of marketing through those channels and just had a huge uh, advantage um, over a, a lot of the competition and also to, you know, learn by doing and whether it's kind of the stuff we did with the live streams or, or figuring out what, how to tailor content to specific channels. There wasn't really a book on or, or a publication that kind of told people how to do that. And we just kind of figured it out by, by doing and, and <laughs> actually figured it out by doing for big brands, which isn't always the best way to do things, but <laughs> right. we're able to, you know, drive great results. And if you're able to, you know, do that, people want to continue working with you. And, and, and that, that was the kind of story of social chain and it, it kind of organically grew and the guys are continuing to do an, uh, an amazing job um, in, in Europe and um, in the States as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. When um, so so did they actually start building communities and these followers where they had 300 million? So they took what some niches or some targets and they just really grew those followers around those niches. Is that what they did? Yeah, to an extent, I think um, in the UK um, and to your Europe to an extent, um, a lot of these sort of big viral communities were being run by kids in their bedrooms, um, people uh, and what Social Chain did very, very um cleverly for lack of a better word um was rounded up these young kids and, and helped them continue to grow their channels and help to teach them and give them a sort of more solid stream of income and and obviously then off the back of that sort of big initial network we're then able to grow even more millions and millions of followers across you know facebook instagram twitter um right. and, and so that that was kind of the basis for it and then as the agency grew 
there was that kind of more marketing um, specialty in there. And, and obviously, as we learned from from campaigns specifically, what worked. And to be honest, I think I think one of the biggest learnings um, for us and something I continue to preach to people is, you know, you really need to t- tailor content to a platform, but also to what channel you're using it from. Um, yeah. A lot of the time, brands still like to use social media just as a, a distribution platform, not kind of as a, a communication channel and just put in there, you know, brand marketing message on Twitter or Facebook is only going to get you so far. Um, and especially when put, you were putting marketing collateral on, you know, niche or, or niche um, communities, um, if that content and copy wasn't tailored to that community, it wouldn't perform as well. And so a lot of the stuff we did for, you know, Apple, Spotify, McDonald's was was really sort of taking their marketing concept and, and the campaign and, right, how do we tailor it to these communities? How do we amplify it in the most sort of cost-effective way through, you know, paid media, through viral communities, through influencers? But what um, the kind of key strategy was, every single bit of copy was specific to that channel um, and to that user. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's huge. <clears throat> Speaking of communities and social media, if you if you had to pick what social media channel do you think builds the best communities and why? Oh, tough question. Um, I think that depends on the brand. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me personally, LinkedIn's categorically changed my life. Um, the connections, the community, I mean, and to an extent, the following I've been able to build on that platform um, has been unbelievable. Um, I wouldn't be a part of TrueFan today and probably wouldn't be on this call with you guys right now if I hadn't, you know, seen the value that LinkedIn can provide. And by putting out content over these past kind of two years, um, it has opened a hell of a lot of doors and, and opportunities. And I've built great friendships and and connections with people through that platform. So yeah, I'm kind of biased on that front. But I think if you are if you use a platform um, to connect with people and, and really communicate and try and build that um, physical relationship with someone as well as like a digital relationship, then um, I think most social media platforms can be really, really powerful. Yeah, I I think um, one of the things that's interesting, and I think, you know, what you said earlier is, is how these brands use uh, social media as a distribution channel. So, um, you know, one thing I've always felt, it's like, you know, you need to go wherever your target exists. You know, it's like, where's that target audience? And where do they like to hang out and engage? And it might be that, that that you can find your target on all channels, but then you have to, from what I heard you say, and I, I believe you're, you're here, is that you want, you know, you want people to speak to the people in those channels the way they exist in those channels, not necessarily speak to every VP of marketing or whoever you're targeting the same way in all channels, right? Yeah, um, something I, I've, I, I say quite a lot and I'm quite passionate about, I think just because of, of traditional media, so you know, TV and radio, we've we've all been kind of brought up in this like marketing, like blanket approach where because media was so expensive, um, do you mean you had to have a one size fits all? So that um advert for some washing up liquid had to appeal to do you mean everyone in the household, arguably, or or people from all different demographics in different locations because the creative is expensive and then the media is expensive. Um and that you don't have to do that with social media. What you can do, you can segment out, optimize creative for the audience you're targeting, for the locations they're in, and really work on getting the best creative out possible because you know that the people that are you are going to be reaching through that whether it's influence amplification, viral amplification, or paid media amplification, you know, you get much better results, conversion rates, engagement rates, because that content is t- um, is tailored to them. And, and usually, you know, um, I think engagement is a great indicator for what type of acquisition you're going to get. And that's what we are, we should be doing as marketers. It's, we, we can get very excited about, you know, viral live streams and getting people's attention through viral marketing. But for me, it's always been about how do you leverage that attention into sales and, and drive business objectives? Right. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, so what's uh, what's some of the most fun or interesting brand building projects you've had? Oh, um, brand building. Um, I get to work with some really cool sort of entrepreneurs, and I think personal branding for me um, 
it is something I'm really passionate about. It's stuff that I've seen for myself and I'm really big in practice what you preach. I think I've, you've also seen the, the case study of Gary Vaynerchuk, Steve Bartlett, right. of Social Chain, um, have been able to develop and, and really build an extension and a digital extension of the, the people and the entrepreneurs of who they are. Uh, and for me, the reason why I think that's great is one, because it, it will last. Do you know I mean, it's not a marketing campaign that performed well and will go away. But also, it's actually quite a cost efficient way of, of doing things. And instead of having to pump in serious cash into media and amplification, simply by, you know, presenting yourself in the right way, documenting what you're doing. I'm not saying you need a, you know, a D-Rock to follow you around constantly and, and film everything you're doing. However, That'd be great, we'll, though. I'm just saying, <laughs> we could spring for that at Social Jack. I'd be okay with it. <laughs> like you can actually, you know, formulate and, and create content in different ways, and just document what you're doing. You can highlight interesting situations, show your learnings, and, and present that in, in a really key way. And that, for me, on a on an agency level, on a true fan level, has has actually generated a hell hell of a lot of business for me, and can do depending what kind of vertical you're in. Um, and I think that can transcend across spaces and unlocks more opportunities. And so from a brand building standpoint, being able to create multiple touch points and build a, you know, persona for yourself by establishing what content verticals you're going to put out there, I think is, is really, really important. Yeah. And from a community building standpoint, you know, when you see these people like you at True Fan and, you know, Dean posts a lot of content on Social Jack's behalf, um, you know, being advocates for the brand and you get more comfortable interacting with them. And, you know, that's also part of the community building that you were talking about on LinkedIn. I see um, people following other influencers that I follow on LinkedIn and they'll comment on things. And um, I think, you know, in the, in the older days uh, of social media, when it wasn't quite as social and we didn't see as many influencers talking about the brands, people weren't as likely to comment on something like, oh, they're not going to see this. They're not going to respond. But when people are talking on their own behalf and then on behalf of the brand, you know, the community building is there. The conversations are there. We see a lot of that happening. So, yeah, I love that, that employee advocacy. I just think it's so huge for people right now. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think it's it's such a social media provides us with such a, a great opportunity to be more social and to build those relationships. And I just think as well, um, you know, if if you have a, a whatever type of relationship you have with someone that's working within a business, like you are going to respond better to them than you are if, you know, you just see their advertising down the street. Um, and I think that is a very basic way of kind of looking at, at personal branding. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> what are some of the, you know, I always think about this is like, what are some, you know, we always learn from our mistakes, right? So you've been on a, you've been on a wild ride here in a short period of time. And as I reflect back, it's like some of the most pivotal moves have come from um, making mistakes or, you know, things, things of that nature. So what, what mistakes do you see brands commonly make where you're like, oh my gosh, I can see them heading right for the cliff and you're like, and, and you, you stop them or, you know, what, what's, what comes up as I say that? Oh, I think, I think there's a few, I think there's a, a lot of case studies of, um, for example, e-commerce brands, um, you know, those kind of Facebook funnels and, and getting, you know, great Facebook ads and a kind of great Facebook ad strategy can transform your business. Categorically, I still very much believe that Facebook and Instagram advertising is super underpriced and, you know, you can drive acquisition at a level and at a cost that is unparalleled. Um, however, if you throw money at just throw a lot of cash at a new brand, new product, new concept, it doesn't mean it's going to work. And right. you still do need to take into account those key marketing principles of, you know, that awareness, engagement, conversion. Mm -hmm. You can't just run, you know, $10,000 a month worth of PPC or, um, you, know, you know, conversion ads without engaging people first and generating awareness and generating a buzz and, and verifying the product through influencers or PR. And that for me is, is why this kind of space is still very interesting because we have a lot more kind of tactics. We have a much bigger toolkit now. Obviously, budgets are finite. Um, I wish they weren't, but they, they tend to be. Um, and it's about, you know, finding out the most efficient way to, you know, make as much revenue or profit for the business as possible. And I think um, I always say to people that me being a social media marketer, I'm in the middle of the two of the fluffiest industries in the world. Um, you know, um, marketers have 
not necessarily done what they were asked to do for, for a long time and just mm-hmm. putting up a billboard and yeah, a million people saw that. It isn't, yeah. isn't <laughs> it in this day and age. I mean, impressions. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then on, on a different note, we've also we've also had to answer to companies and clients for that for years of like, how can you prove what you're doing is working? So, I, I mean, there's that's a double-edged sword, you know? It's, it's hard sometimes to prove it. <laughs> Without a doubt. And I think that the, the basic social media strategy at the end of the day, I always start out with, what is your objective? It doesn't always have to be sales. Is it brand awareness? Um, and just having that clear objective in your mind from a, a strategic standpoint just allows you to go, right, we want to get awareness, right? What's the best way of doing that? So we're going to distribute some video content on here, here, and here, and here. We're going to amplify it through these means. Fantastic. Now, if it's right, we, we want to sell this product, then you really need to work out, right, what are the, the steps and the sort of digital touch points you need before sort of driving someone to a landing page or a website or actually generating a sale. And just mm-hmm. by doing that, having that one conversation can massively change everything that you're going to execute on. And, and it's half the battle, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's interesting that you talked about the the people that put all the money into ads, like new products, new startups, new companies, because um, I see that happening a lot because I'm in this industry. I I'm one of those weird geeks that like dives into ads manager. So if I get a promoted post on Facebook, sometimes if I'm like, that's not really for me, I'll take a look at why they targeted me because, you know, you can click on it and see why they picked you. And sometimes it'll make me um, adjust my likes on Facebook because I want to give those marketers help. I don't want them to spend the money to target me if I'm absolutely not going to buy this product. But the one thing I find so so interesting is that it's like they made it so easy on Facebook to run ad campaign campaigns that all these people are doing it with new products and they'll have a thousand comments on there of people tagging other people, check out this product. And then if you go to their Facebook page, they have like four posts and I'm not going to buy that. I don't, <laughs> I don't, you just like generating a lot of buzz, but it doesn't really tell me anything else about yeah. your company. Company. No it doesn't tell me your track record. You have nothing on your website. I'm not, I'm not going to buy anything from you. That was a wasted click to me. So that's interesting that you said that. Yeah. And that all comes down to brand. Do you know what I mean? I think um, whether it's a label or, or actually just the kind of um, emotion that a brand portrays, like you, we actually use social media probably more to verify a product and a brand more than anything. Do you know, all right, you've got four Instagram followers. I actually think you're a bit dodgy. I'm not going to do that. Whereas again, the inherent value of 10,000 followers is actually very marginal. But if it gives you that one little extra percentage of a validation, then you would argue that, you know, growing your Instagram to 10, 20, 50,000 followers is worthwhile just because when people are in that purchase state of mind and they go, oh, actually, I want to verify that these guys are legit, that they're doing good stuff, that um, other people think the same, then that kind of layer of validation can, you know, be cost effective for your business. But um, yeah, I think it, it's really cool the fact that lots of different things play into it and there isn't just like one formula that works. It's about testing and optimizing and, and really leveraging great creative and a great product. Um, Facebook's made it a lot easier to sell bad products, but it's still, you know, pretty difficult. And and I think that whole holistic view of, of building a brand on social and digital media is it really excites me, um, I think. And that's why I enjoy it so much. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. What's um, what's interesting is you know watching the evolution of Facebook, you know, and so you know we've we've all of us here now have mentioned Facebook several times, and I and I'm always curious. I think they're the smartest kids on the street still because you know you see what Snapchat does or this one does or that one does, and it seems like even Amazon they copy off of. So it's like they're the smart rats that say okay. This is working. That's working. And so, what do you what do you see in terms of from your perspective of Facebook, um, where brands you know should should utilize that and trust Facebook? And you think it's in for the long haul? Um, I did until well, I still do. I just don't necessarily to the extent I did before. I think Facebook and and Mark Zuckerberg specifically have, have had a pretty rough year. Just how they've handled um, various things. Uh, I think at the end of the day, what Facebook have done is they have an amazing product for marketers. Um, Ignore like how great your now Facebook feed is, whether it's just baby photos or people getting engaged or, you know, people (laughs) sort of taking 5,000 pictures of one wedding. Um, I mean, ignore all that as as a core product. For marketers, it's unparalleled. That 
distribution and ability to target people on such a granular level, to be able to retarget people, to be able to drive acquisition and, and understand what that actual acquisition is costing you is absolutely phenomenal. I think also that Facebook are held to a higher standard and why there's so much negative press that, do you mean they are the big dogs and we all want to bring them down? But I mean, what, they've just hit 2 billion monthly users. I mean, that is insane. Do you mean it's it's like, that's, that's the whole world, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, It it certainly is for Americans. Um, um, But I, I just, I mean, that's a phenomenal number. And I think we kind of skirt past that. And then you look at the acquisitions of WhatsApp and Instagram, how they've grown that. And I think they are continuing to move forward. And, and obviously their big play with Oculus and other things like that haven't panned out as quickly as they'd like. And they haven't got this new shiny thing that, that the press are going to focus on. But um, the only worry I'd have for, for Facebook is, yeah, the, the core product isn't as good as it was. Do you mean people right. don't use Facebook as much? Um, you now have to persuade people like, um, oh, I don't really use Facebook. I know, but there's still different distribution using Facebook ads and you use Instagram. And so Facebook ads still really do, or Facebook and Instagram ads still really do work. And there is a lot more um, educating people on it's more than just Facebook. Um, and I think that's that's kind of my opinion on them. I'd still back them, but I'm not kind of 100% confident. I'm kind of now sort of 95 Yeah, one thing, you know, uh, especially I I just want to pick your brain on this on the B2B space. So one thing that I think about is like, you know, LinkedIn used to have uh, they were really uh, great at doing groups. You know, if you wanted to build a community, they were really good at doing groups. Their groups are still good. They're just very private and hard to recruit people Mm -hmm. to to do things. in. And so we're seeing an uptick. And maybe, and I'm wondering if you are too in Facebook groups. But then I always get skittish that. I'm building this group and a platform and is it going to change? And then all of a sudden I'm going to lose that community. So how do you look at all that? Do you know what? I think Facebook groups are actually phenomenal. I think for the last probably 24 months, that's been a real key um, part of the business for Facebook. And I think some of the communities you can build, the level of engagement in those groups, the power that you now can obviously market to people in those groups and and, and sort of extract those people is, is really exciting. And, and I think, that is something that Facebook have done really well. It's just most people ignore it. Um, I think LinkedIn groups, yeah, kind of fell off a cliff. Um, the discoverability of them isn't great. And, and actually when people are, you know, trying to build communities within LinkedIn groups, it's it's very difficult to even see that content. Yeah. I mean, even if you want to, um, it doesn't necessarily come up in your feed. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they kind of work out that kink. But um, I think from a, a value standpoint, I've, um, recommended to uh, any, any business I work with. If if you're looking to invest in social media long term, if you're you have a niche or if you add value through content, then creating a Facebook group is a phenomenal way to again distribute that content in a different way and again build those personal relationships. And for brands, that can be super super powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. Um, we have a, uh, a question from one of our listeners. So, uh, we know you deal with a lot of big brands and Jane wants to know if, uh, if, if you're, uh, looking to just drive your brand to the next level, what are some, some simple starting steps that you would give somebody to say, if you're going to take your brand out, you know, extend it out, maybe it's a relaunch, maybe it's a new brand. What are some of the first steps that you would have somebody go through? Oh, um, I think, making sure you're comfortable with it. I mean, that's going to be something that you're living with, that you want to, you know, be honest. Uh, I never kind of see myself as a, as a salesman. It's kind of like, I believe in this product. I believe in this strategy. That is my honest, you know, this is what I believe in. It's not kind of all this sales talk and positioning. And I think if if that's your brand, you, you want to feel the same way. You want to be confident in the things you're saying. And, and if you're not, then there, there's clearly going to be some changes that are needed before you can, you know, plaster it all over Facebook, over LinkedIn, because you know that your proposition and your product are rock solid. Um, I don't, and I would just feel super guilty if I was trying to rip people off or selling a product that I knew really wasn't that good or worth the price point and, or broke instantly. Um, that for me is, is something that's important. I think to take your brand to the next level, um, I think that's, that's really subjective. I think we kind of create these levels in our head and, and actually you would, 
want to map out what that that means to you. Um, being more successful, your business more successful doesn't necessarily need to mean more revenue. It could mean just more profitable. It could mean having a bigger impact. And I would actually isolate first what you want to like make out of your business. Is it okay? This is my primary source of income. I want to generate more revenue and more profit this year, so I can do what I want with that money. And that's absolutely fine. However, like there's also other ways that you can deem success and it actually might be, right, okay, I want to have a bigger social impact. So how do I do that? And how does that, you know, all encompassing be a part of your brand? I think one of the things people forget with brand is it doesn't just mean a cool, shiny logo. It's how you communicate with people. It's how you respond to comments. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, how you deal with returns. It's everything that is, that's really brand. It's not just, Oh, I spent $5,000 on a new logo and we're time time to relaunch. It's if you're going to commit to something and stand by that, make sure that's across all the facets of your, of your business. And that's probably what I'd, I'd recommend. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's great. What about um, social media tools? Are there any tools that you use that you like that you, you know, besides like the obvious ads manager, things like that? True fun. Um, so yeah, we've just launched our, our beta, um, which is just for Twitter specifically. And yeah, being able to directly interact with your most engaged or most influential followers or brands that actually follow you that you didn't know and being able to message them directly, organize meetups and, and really build a kind of meaningful connection is, is something we're, we're really excited by. And, and what's even more exciting, I think, from a, a marketing standpoint, um, as that's kind of more brand and community based is the fact that you can export those people as a CSV and then plug them into, say, Twitter marketing and then hit them with your marketing collateral, which I think, I mean, that's a highly engaged audience. That's a either highly influential audience that you're able to, you know, put your marketing spin on and, and hit them with the right content. And I think that that's something from a, an acquisition standpoint that we're really excited to continue testing. And uh, can people get to that now? They can um, get in touch to be part of the private beta. And then by the end of the month, we should have launched the product fully, which, um, yeah, we're super excited about. Can we be part of the beta? Uh, You certainly can, actually, yeah. (laughs) I just figured I'd ask that out right out. So, Kate, let's (laughs) say no on camera. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love Twitter. I think Twitter is one of those those sleepy animals that either you love it and you embrace it and you get it, or you just, you just like go near it, but it's like, you don't feed it. You don't do it. You just like watch it. You know, I don't know. What do you think about Twitter? I love Twitter. I think Twitter is a massively underutilized platform. Uh, I think it, it can be super conversational. Um, having just bigged up there, how you can advertise to your most influential and engaged followers. I think they're, advertising platform has still got a lot of work to do and and just because of how people natively use um twitter the click-through rates and the cpms are a bit higher on the platform so when you're comparing that in you know i'm going to spend either on facebook or i'm going to spend on twitter nine times out of ten that's going to be facebook but hopefully with you know our our platform and being able to target like a, a really specific highly engaged audience hopefully that will help bring the cpas and click-through rates sort of well up and down um twitter as well i think is again similar to linkedin you can be really powerful from a personal branding standpoint you can really build some great relationships interact with you know webinars with q a's by sort of highlighting thought leadership things and and actually putting that out in in quite a nice way because it doesn't have to be these these long form pieces actually just by giving some short sharp advice is is valuable for for both sides so Massively underutilized, but also um, I think still have a, a lot of work to do on the kind of marketing side, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. We've talked about a couple other trendy things like video and groups and things like that. Um, you know, huge spike in video in 2018 on across all platforms, specifically LinkedIn. What do you think is the next social media trend? If you had to look in your magic crystal ball, what's coming next? Um, I mean, I do think that more people will use LinkedIn just because they'll see the, the value of it. Um, it's something that a lot of people have been preaching for one or two years. But, you know, just from an organic reach standpoint, um, a lot of these platforms are, are pay to play. And, you know, the ability to reach 100,000 po- people off, off a post, which, you know, if you if you formulate the right content and build a, 
a persona for yourself, that's very, very possible. Whereas doing that on your YouTubes, your Instagrams and you t- and even your Twitters is is getting more and more tough because there's more competition. And do you mean the algorithms are built in a way that that's not very easy to do? Um, so that's that's probably one. Um I think as well, um, people sort of creating more long form content, um, and that's kind of been moving towards um, IGTV, Facebook Watch. Obviously, from a, a dwell um, time, people that's what the, the platforms are starting to reward. And, and I think obviously those platforms, specifically Facebook and Instagram, are, are really trying to take on YouTube because they were kind of unopposed in in that space and so it'll be interesting to see what quality of content people are able to to sort of distribute on those platforms and um i think with igtv everyone had high hopes but you know they've moved around the placement of it on the app a couple of times and it's not really worked and um i saw a really good tweet the other day which was the the kylie jenner and travis scott um interview had like 50 million views on youtube but they have 500,000 subscribers and then they have something like, I think GQ has like 50 million followers, but their IGTV had like 50,000 views. And Jeremy, you know uh, I mean? you're just looking at this like mm-hmm. disparity of discoverability and where it's placed and how people interact with it. And, you know, people's habits don't change overnight. And, and, and the reason why those people that run the companies are super smart is because they have to constantly be ahead and, you know, monitor trends. And they do that. It's just it's also very noticeable when something doesn't go so well. Yeah, yeah I think true. we all had a lot of hopes for IGTV, and it just seems like they haven't really executed it the way they should have. It's kind of a yeah. bummer. Yeah, and I think as well, um, obviously, this is sort of a webinar and podcast. I think podcasts are going to continue to grow, I think, um, because of the likes of Gary Vee and um, – um, I mean, other sort of, sort of business-minded people, they have – this has been a – a vertical that podcasters have expanded in very quickly. A lot of agencies, a lot of entrepreneurs have all started podcasts, which I think is is brilliant. I'm a, a huge podcast advocate across business and, and sport and things like that. And I think actually podcasts will probably move into other kind of more mainstream verticals, whether it's like lifestyle stuff and music. And I think that'll be quite an interesting space that people that can sort of build the formula to, you know, get um podcasts really high up on the, the itunes and stitcher rankings will be really valuable uh, in sort of 2000 end of 2018 19 mm. yeah all right <clears throat> see i told you time would fly we're almost out of <laughs> i'm like looking at this going i like have more questions we'll just have to have you back on that's how that works so <laughs> <laughs> um so real quick uh before we wrap up uh who are you mentioned a couple of names like gary uh, gary v and others who are other people that you follow that might be good for us to tune into as well like who do you who do you listen to Okay, um, I think on um, Twitter there's a guy called Jack Appleby, Jack Jack Appleby, um, who's a a kind of friend and connection. I think his Twitter takes are, are really really good, and um, he's big into basketball and gaming. But also it, from a social media standpoint, he's great. Um, my business partner Manu or Swish Goswami, um, an amazing follow on specifically LinkedIn, um, really sort of has driven um, a lot of great um, points about entrepreneurship and being a young entrepreneur and has been extremely successful at a very, very young yeah. age. Has I was going to say, he's like, he's like 20, right? That's the really young guy also. Yeah, he's 21 <laughs> and makes me feel really old. That's crazy when you guys say he's really young because you guys are really young. Um, he's phenomenal, actually. He's one of the smartest people I've ever met. Just a, a really great guy and being part of, obviously, his biggest project to date has been a pleasure and um, being surrounded by, um, we've got an amazing team at Trufan and we actually met for the first time sort of two weeks ago in Vancouver and we just really gelled well, which was, which was a worry because, you know, we, we'd been working remotely for a year um, right. and finally kind of got to make that physical connection as we talked about. Um, and, and who else? Um, yeah, they're, they're probably the main two. Um, Arnick, who's the other co-founder of Trufan is, is probably worth a follow where they're actually going to start a, a kind of, video series highlighting how it is to be young entrepreneurs and to kind of cut the fluff and actually show the ups and downs, which I think we're super excited by. And um, I know, Dean, you mentioned at the start, you're um, kind of interested in the esports space. Um, we've actually kind of um, signed off a, a content series called Fortnite and Founders. Um, <laughs> Arnett and Swisher 
are young and avid players of Fortnite. And so what the, the concept is, is to interview fellow entrepreneurs while playing Fortnite and, and kind of build that into a bit of a content oh, series. That's cool. Social, yeah, wave in the social aspect of it. That's cool. Yeah. So we're quite excited about that. So I'll definitely send you a link when we when we kind yeah. of shoot the first couple of episodes. And um, I think there's a lot of great um, resources out there. Um, to be honest, there's, I just my kind of brain's going blank because there's there's so much of it. I think um, Gary does a, a really great job of putting out some amazingly valuable content. Um, one of the thing I, things I always say with his content is don't try and copy him. Like don't try and be him. Don't try and emulate him. Take things that are really applicable to you. Um, I categorically believe that if you work harder, you are more likely to be successful, but it doesn't mean you are going to be successful and it doesn't mean you have to work 50 hours a day and things like that. And he actually provides so much insight, but because he, um, you know, does create so much content, people try and pick holes in that. And I think some of that is a a little bit unjust. Um, And then probably the final thing would be Steve, Bartlett's podcast um oh, yes. I think it's secret of a, um of a CEO is is phenomenal the guests are brilliant um he's an incredibly intelligent guy and I think as a a content stream he's he's done amazing stuff with that podcast so yeah they're my kind of mini shout outs <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's cool we always love to get that and uh, as we wrap up we always ask we want our audience to to chime in here and you can chime in on social media from what you heard from Tim today, what are uh, some things that have inspired you to make a shift or a change in putting your brand out there and what resonated with you most? We want you to make sure you take away at least one thing that you're going to implement. And and this is sort of that law of little things. But, uh, you know, for Kate, what about for you? So for me, uh, uh, it was, um, well, I don't know. I got a whole list here. I'll let you go. Um, so I really liked about talking, you know, like, shifting your content for different platforms. Um, it's like one of those things that we all know, but we kind of need to be reminded as we get in the groove of putting out content that it should be different. Um, definitely some trial and error behind that. But then another thing that resonated with me throughout everything you've said is that it's just kind of different for everybody, right? You shouldn't emulate any influencers. You shouldn't emulate any other brands. You kind of have to establish what works for you, trial and error, and then keep pushing forward. So I think we just all need a reminder of that every once in a while. Yeah. For me, it's, it's that reminder of speak to the people on the platform that are, you know, just speak to that target that's on the platform, you know, and and speak to them differently than you do on the other platform. I mean, that's something that we fight all the time, Kate. But man, that's something we we have to drill home to these brands because it's really not that way out there, you know. I thought you meant me and you fight all the time. I was like, we don't. No. <laughs> You're about to pick a fight with me right now. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's really cool. So. Um, uh, really, if, if what I'd like to do, Jackson, come on back in. I want to I want to hear we have two winners today. So so, Tim, here's the game. We uh, we encourage people to engage with us because we know that the secret sauce to building your brand, building your personal brand is is really all about engaging. And so we encourage people to type things in like Tracy just typed in, find niche communications, go where your audience is, um, have the right touch. Bill saying, need engagement with people, not just advertising. So as we engage in here, we want to encourage people to engage out there. So we reward them with Starbucks gift cards and ask them to engage with their audience, get face-to-face time, and then share what they learned from Tim today. So how about, isn't that cool? That's very cool. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's nice to hear that, you know, people actually listened and weren't asleep. So, um, that's always <laughs> so Jackson, who's our two lucky Starbucks winners and you guys know the rules. You have to share what you learned from Tim and, and share about Tim, you know, who he is and what he does with the people that you meet with. So Jackson, who's our two lucky winners today? Uh, today we have Carlene Lewis and Bill Haas. All right. So you guys know the game. So you have to check back with us and let us know how that went. You're going to get your Starbucks gift cards and an email and make sure that you do that. And then, uh, Tim, we had your slide up here and we'll send everybody. You said you prefer to be contacted on LinkedIn or Twitter, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, any social media platform. Um, it's just <laughs> sort of real high. Um, yeah. Um, feel free to, to reach out if you, you guys need anything. And um, yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, for sure. And then, Kate, who do we have coming up here next? 
So next week is Casey Mills. He's from Swanson Russell. It's a social media agency. If you've been running a social media campaign and you've been um, creating goals or wondering about creating goals, maybe wondering why the heck you're posting on social media, he's kind of got the recipe of how to create goals for your brand, meet them, and then continue to grow after you've done so. So really excited to have him on. Really awesome guy. Uh, make sure you check it out next week. Yeah, thanks so much. And if you do need help with your uh, building your personal brand or your influence, remember, we have our influencer development program. Just ask one of the team members and we'll make sure you get on board with that. So from all of us here, Jackson, you're looking pretty snazzy there with that uh, tux on there, buddy. Well, um, I updated my Twitter picture, so I figured I'd yeah, update this as well. It's always good to be in control of social media and the slide deck. <laughs> so, so, Tim, we just want to say how appreciative we are of you spending time with us and, and checking in with us. And we're definitely all following you. And we're going to make sure the audience knows how to get a hold of you. Uh, we can't wait to be part of the beta program and look forward to learning from you ongoing uh, through your adventures. So thanks again for being on with us. Amazing. Thanks for your time, guys. I all right, everybody. All right. Kate, take them out. See you online. <laughs> okay. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, Bye. everyone. See you later.